Good morning. That worship was so awesome. I was so affected by that that I'm going to ask us to turn to a scripture, if we would, before I get into the meat of what I want to share with you this morning and look at that together, Psalm 103. And I'd like to, just for a moment, continue in the spirit of what you guys were singing. We were all singing just a moment ago. Because Jesus is, as you said, the name above all names. Jesus is the rock that we run into. Jesus is the rock that we stand upon. Jesus is our redeemer. He's our sanctifier. He's the one who came and got us when we were lost and done and, and undone. And I just, I was overtaken by the Holy Spirit as we were singing with this, I believe, word of knowledge that there are those here in the congregation this morning who could do with some intensive care for the soul. And I believe that prayer is the, the weapon that we have to confuse the enemy. The enemy is always trying to confuse us. But prayer is a weapon that we have whereby, whereby we can push back the enemy, we can confuse the enemy, we can clear a place for God to move in someone's soul and bring healing and bring help and bring restoration and bring hope and bring faith and bring all the things that we need to be standing on so that we can trust Jesus and what he has done and will do in our lives. Amen? Psalm 103 says this, and this is what we've been doing. Praise the Lord. But then it says, praise the Lord, O my soul. O my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Here they are. Who forgives all your sins. Some may be here this morning and think, well, God can't forgive my sins because they're too great. God does forgive all of our sins. There is no sin that is so great that God cannot forgive it. Who heals all your diseases. This world is trying very hard to keep our souls sickly so that we'll not rise up in the name of the Lord and move forward out into the world that we live in so that we can make a change, so that we can be lights in a dark world. Who redeems your life from the pit. Somebody just say hallelujah. hallelujah. If he did that for you, say it a little louder. <laughs> he did that for me too. Hallelujah. And crowns you, soul. Crowns your soul. The soul that was dejected. The soul that was hopeless and helpless. The soul that never thought it could get out of the pit. That soul, God places a crown on of love and compassion and who satisfies your desires with good things. Good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. When it dawned on me that God was talking about our soul there when it says renewed like the eagles, because we all get old, we all lose strength, and we all die. Amen? Anybody there in the process? Anybody in that process? Okay. I know we're not to the final part yet because I just heard you laugh. Absolutely. 
But when we think it's our soul, I have a 92-year-old mom who on her good days has the soul of an 18-year-old. You know what I'm saying? She goes, she, she's, she's a prayer warrior. She goes to war for the congregations that she knows and for the people that she knows because God has renewed her soul. Said all that to say this, these are the facts of life. What we just read. These are the facts of spiritual life. Prayer is like artillery. Prayer is like you see a need and you've got this holy GPS on, you know, and you call it in to God and say, God, there's this need out there and I see the enemy resisting that, so I want you to call in some power on that need out there. And God says, okay, because you're my child and if you're praying, then I'm going to, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. And he says, okay, we're going to send some <whistles> boom right into the camp of the enemy. And the enemy is caused to come into a place of confusion and to not understand how to keep confronting somebody. If there are those here today, and I believe if there are, if their souls are under oppressive attack by the enemy of our soul, I'm going to ask all of us, we're going to take about two minutes, Or more. Oh, God help us. God help us. This is life. This is the real deal. This is what it's about. Do not let the enemy speak lies into your ears. Get the enemy under your feet where he belongs. And we, all of us, anybody here who has had the victory, who is not under that kind of oppression today, you know if you are, you know if you're not. If you are, please open your heart. We're not going to make an, an embarrassment to anybody. We're not going to call out anybody. We're not going to point to anybody. But we're going to put you in an atmosphere for the next couple of minutes of a place where you can receive deliverance in the name of Jesus. And the way we're going to do it is those of us who have experienced this victory, we're going to pray. We're just going to all together bind our hearts together in prayer for the power of God to be poured out into this place this morning that the power of Jesus would come and break those shackles off of you and set you free. Believe it. It will happen. Let me tell you this. If it doesn't happen here in this moment, don't even worry about that. It's going to happen. You'll be going about your day the rest of this day and something's going to break off of you. You'll be getting up in the morning. You'll wake up and something breaks off of you because we believe what God says. Amen? And we believe that he has the power. Amen? Amen? Amen. Saints of God who have experienced this victory, would you just bow your heads right now and lift everyone in this congregation for freedom, for deliverance. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your name, Lord. Your name is victory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah to the name of Jesus, the name above every name. 
Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for what you're doing right now. Keep, keep praying, saints. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep believing. This is a hidden service. This is a secret service. This is an under-the-radar thing that's real. Victory, victory in the name of Jesus. Power to overcome. Faith to believe. Yes, Lord. Amen, amen. Receive it, receive it, receive it. Walk in it. The Lord has spoken to your heart today. Walk in it, walk in it. Believe it, receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Whoa, amen. Why am I here? I was going to tell you all about what. Let's see. Get my bearings, all right? Uh, well, I'm here to uh, share with you a ministry that I am part of and the head of, and um, that there are many who are already connected with and have been over the years that basically simply looks for ways to help people, to get, Pastor Tim asked me if I would come and, and share about moms, and he said, I'd like to see my congregation get a little more involved with the community. And y'all mentioned about five places <laughs> that you're helping already, you know, when, when I'm sitting here listening, it's like, this congregation is already, brother, more involved in the community than most congregations, so I applaud you for that, hallelujah. Amen. So what I'm going to bring to you is one of those things that if you can do it, hallelujah, please come and help us. And uh, if you cannot, I know that you're busy in other areas, and it's, it's uh, no harm, no foul. Is that how they say it? But I do want to tell you a way that you can connect with uh, what we do at Murray United Ministries that will be helpful to others in the community. And I've asked uh, Chris Thomas and Boyd over here, would you come on up? We're going to, I have some handouts that will be helpful to you, okay? They're in the form of a bookmark so that you can just put them in your Bible or in your purse. Chris, you want to just go ahead? Yeah, all right. And uh, on the front, I want to tell you about Murray United Ministries, and then I have a very short word I want to share with you um, that has to do with uh, encouragement and coming alongside, coming alongside people. When everybody has one, we'll just kind of take a quick, we're just going to scan this real quick so that I can tell you the opportunities that we have available to those who want to plug in and help. Uh, on the front of the, the side of the card that has the logo on it, the circle, uh, where it says changing lives one right, at a t one right at a time. These are the ministries that we're involved with. We have Mom's Transportation Ministry, um, and we give over 5,000 rides a year to citizens of Murray County. Um, we started this back in 1998 to help people so that they could go to work. Uh, at that time and even today, there is some public transportation, but it's very cumbersome when it comes to helping somebody get a job because they need to call three days ahead of time and schedule rides and things like that. And if you're looking for a job, you know, you need to go out there and go for it. And then if somebody calls you and says they want an interview the next day, well, 
you know, you're, you're stuck unless you have transportation. And so when we got Murray United Ministries started, Mums Transportation is what everybody calls it, um, we said, okay, if, if you call us before 12 o'clock noon the day before, then we'll call you that evening and let you know how we've arranged your transportation. And um, about 60% of the rides that we give consistently are still job-related, and these uh, help needy families and individuals in their personal struggles with poverty. You know, if you can get a job and have some income coming in, then you can come on out. And if you can't get that job because you don't have transportation, that's what we try to fill that gap in. Uh, the way that it works is, uh, if you look on the back side of that, just look at the top part, come alongside opportunities. Here's what we need for Mums Transportation. We need individuals and couples, especially, uh, who can drive a half day a month. So that would be your total commitment, is one half day a month uh, to take folks to work, uh, doctor's appointments, grocery store, home from work, etc. And you drive your own car. And, and the question always comes up, well, what about insurance? Your liability insurance covers you and your passenger because you're not uh, uh, doing this and to be paid for it, and you're not doing it with a lot of frequency. So your insurance will cover everybody. I will tell you, and glory to God, we've been on the road since 1998. Wow, is that 21 years? We have never had an accident. We have never had an incident. And that's because of the power of prayer. I believe that with all my heart. The Lord is watching over our drivers. But pay up your insurance anyway, okay? <laughs> yeah, we don't want to, you know, tempt. Um, so that's, that's basically how that works. And if you want to know more about that, just give me a call. My number is at the bottom of that uh, side we were just reading there. And I can give you any kind of information that you need about Murray United Ministries. Turn it back over to the side where the logo is on there, and you'll see the next ministry that we run is the Mums Garage Ministry, and we provide donated uh, used vehicles to deserving families and individuals. Since we're giving rides to people, then we find out the ones that are really, really trying, and we find out the ones that really, really aren't. And so as from the inception of Murray United Ministries, it was our goal to open up what we call the Mums Garage so that we could accept donated vehicles and then become the next step in their transportation need so that a life would be totally transformed as far as economically by having a mule. You know what I'm saying? It's like the old farmer. If you give him a hoe and he's got uh, 40 acres of land, he can probably get in about a third acre garden and work it, you know, if all he's got is a hoe. But you give him a good mule, you know, and you turned him loose. He can, he can have more income for his family. He can have surplus and excess to help others, and so that's what a car does for people in today's culture. If you don't have a car, it's really hard to be productive. And so we opened up the Mums Garage in 2012, and what we are, turn back over now, this is an interactive uh, announcement here. Uh, the Mums Garage at this time needs volunteer mechanics who can work on donated vehicles. There again, just call that number at the bottom if you're a mechanic and you would like to see more about that, maybe you could plug in that way, um, and I'll be glad to give you all of the details. I'm not going to get real, 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 real detail-oriented this morning. just wanted you to know how you can plug in, and I can answer any other questions you may have over the phone. Um, okay, turn back over. No, 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 not yet, not yet. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
Uh, the uh, Mums Garage, this is very important, also needs donated vehicles because if we have all the, all the mechanics in the world, if we don't have a car, a truck, or a van to work on, it's just useless, right? So, so far, praise God, since 2012, we've been able to pass along 23 vehicles to needy families in this community. And one of our slogans is, what's given, the, the car that's given in Murray County stays in Murray County. We'll take it, and we actually know people. It's not just a way to make income for our ministry. It's a way to uh, carry our ministry forward. And we will be giving that car to someone, or if it's a push-pull or drag thing, uh, we will push-pull or drag it to the, to the trash heap, to the junk place, and get probably $150 for it. And we'll put that $150 in a fund that we use to buy parts for the next donated vehicle. So no matter what shape it's in, uh, we can use it and we can make it be useful for somebody. So we need donated vehicles. I'm telling you this because you probably don't have one today, but somewhere down the road, your car's going to get a lot of miles on it. It's going to be running a little funny maybe. And you're going to, okay, it's time to trade. Well, I'm asking you to think instead of trade, maybe I want to donate. And especially if you itemize your deductions on your uh, tax, taxes, then you'll probably get more for that vehicle as a deduction than you would if you traded it. So it's a win-win for everybody. Your old vehicle becomes a new one for somebody. So if you would be thinking about that down the road, <laughs> you got it, okay. Uh, now let's turn back over to, uh, we're going to skip driver's ed and driver's training ministry because I have learned that probably I need to be the one that does that and I usually am the one that does that. I don't want to put people into a liability uh, danger zone by training other people how to drive, okay? But we do do that, just so you'll know. And if you're adventuresome and you would like to do that and the liability issue is not a problem with you, then God bless you, and I would be glad for you to do that because sometimes I get a little half scared to death in the middle of that part of our ministry. But, but God is with us. There's angels all about, and they have a sense of humor too. When my uh, trainee pulls three feet past the stop sign and says, why are they honking at me? Why are they honking at me? Well, it's because they're as scared as I am right now. <laughs> And then, uh, okay, so now uh, we're still on that same side, Pay Grace Forward Ministry. Oh, my goodness. This, we've been putting this together for five years, and it's now a freestanding nonprofit to the place that I'm now the executive direct, director of two ministries. Uh, but we're going to be looking for another executive director for that one pretty soon uh, so that they can run that, and I can uh, go back to building the mom's garage. The... Uh, thing that we do with Pay Grace Forward is we uh, mentor people who are stuck in payday loan debt and, uh, and they just can't get out. I don't know if y'all have ever had experience with that, but, but if you're on a borderline budget to begin with and you take a payday loan out, uh, it's very likely that you will be devastated before you get loose from that payday loan. Usually what people do is they, they can't start making other payments, so they take another payday loan. And it's just crazy how it builds. But 
we have found that folks, if we come alongside them with mentoring, and the way that we do it at Pay Grace Forward is um, we, we come alongside with a mentor and we train the mentors uh, for 12 meetings, which is usually about three months. Uh, and during that time, it's all about budgeting, it's all about prayer for that person, it's all about common sense things that they may not have seen, it's all about getting them to a mindset to where they actually want to be budgeting, they see the, the value of it, and they want to be free from all of this. So at the end of it, if, they, if the light has come on and we're able to get them to the place where uh, we see that they can stay in the black with their budget, uh, once we've helped them, then our advisory council will make a decision and they will make a, a replacement loan, uh -huh, a replacement loan for the one or two or three or four payday loans. And that person, we had a lady named Deborah who, oh my goodness, she, she had like uh, three payday loan debts. She was paying like $475 a month on those and was paying nothing on the principal. The interest rates on these loans are 437%. They do it through rewrite fees, rewriting the loan. It's, just, it's, it's a system made to, to oppress those who are already poor or borderline poor. And so at the end of this, we were able to give Deborah a loan for 3000 $3, and some odd dollars, and her payments went from four seventy five a month. She'll repay the loan to us, and her interest rate is 2.14%. Somebody give a hand to that, all right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and we're working through First Farmers Bank. The bank handles all of the loan making. Uh, we've, we've completely separated the church Thing from lending. The church is not lending uh, because people, you know, you run into difficulties scripturally there about, you know, if they don't pay, do you just walk away from it or what? But we found a way that the bank can actually do that. We keep an account at the bank that right now has $32,000 in it. Give a hand for that too if you wish. <laughs> yeah. and, and we can make loans up to the amount that we have in that savings account uh, and the bank will attach it to attach that money while our client friend, we call them client friends because they start out a client, we want them to be friends before it's all said and done, so we just kind of say it up front. When our client friend pays that loan off, and we've had one paid off, and we've got two that are active right now, and we have eight that we're mentoring right now. We've been working on it five years, but it just launched this last year as a 501c3. Uh, when they pay that money off, then that money is freed up again for somebody else. Ergo, pay grace forward. So we tell our client friends, when you pay this off, somebody else can use the money that you just used. So it gives them an added incentive to, to make sure that they do pay that note. So that's why we call the ministry pay grace forward. Whew, what we're looking for there, I don't usually talk this much or this fast. What we're looking for there is uh, mentors, and uh, right now we have 14. When it's all said and done, we hope to have about 40. Um, I will tell you this, we will not send you out ill-equipped, and we will not send you out alone. 
the, the, I mean alone as in with nobody. Yeah, not, yeah, okay, the, um, we might send you out with alone, but not alone. Write that down, would you write that down? I like that. Uh, we provide training, and we're going to have training on uh, March the 24th for 30 minutes after church at Murray Hills, uh, probably about 12.30, and then on the 31st, more intensive. The 30 minutes is for you to come and see if you really want to buy in on this. We'll give you a lot more information, and we don't want you, we don't want you to make a, a decision about something that's this involved without you knowing what to expect. So that 30 minutes is to answer your questions, to tell you how the whole thing works, and then the next week on the 31st, we'll buy you lunch, and then we're going to have about a two-hour training session. We've got like a 52-page workbook that we have developed that is to help you, and no mentor goes out without an advisor. We have advisors for every mentor. We, we said at the very beginning, there are a lot of good people who want to do good things, but they're smart. They understand that if I get in over my head, then uh, I, don't, I may not know how to get out of that. And, uh, and so we have come up with all sorts of safeguards for our mentors, one of which is the financial agreement right here. Uh, this says, I, and the client friend signs it, agree that during the Pegrace Forward mentoring process, no money will change hands between my mentor and myself. We make them sign an agreement that they're not going to be asking their mentor for money. We also have the mentor sign this, that they will not give money to, and that takes a big load off of folks, because some of our mentors are mercy people, and they want to just start, you know, investing in this person. And we have found that the person who's going through this process needs to, uh, doesn't need to be able to be enabled by the person who's trying to help them. And so this is a safeguard that we have set up. It goes on to say, if a financial emergency arrives, arises and I don't have the money to cover it, this is the client friend, I understand that I can and should discuss the problem with my Pegrace Forward mentor. My mentor will then pass all that information along to our advisor, and the advisory council will decide whether they can help me with the financial need. No such decisions will be made by my mentor. So that's one of the safeguards that we send you out with. Uh, if you decide to uh, be a mentor for Pay Grace Ford. Your advisor goes with you, on, your advisor sets up the first meeting, your advisor goes with you on the first meeting um, so that you can get to know your client friend in that kind of environment. <clears throat> your advisor will go with you on the second meeting if you wish it, or the third if you wish it, but usually we found that our mentors by the second meeting or third, they're, they're okay to go on their own. And so, but we just want everybody to know that those safeguards are in place if you need them. And so those, those are the ministries. There again, if you're interested in that March 24th and March 31st training, um, call that number again, and I'll be glad to talk with you about that, okay? All right. I think that's the, all the information that I needed to give you. What have I got, about 55 more minutes? At least an hour, yeah. I've watched some of your sermons. I, I believe that. <laughs> what? Okay, I, I'll take 10 more minutes, okay? Because I just want to share a word with you about helping folks. 
Okay? Um, look, turn to Hebrews 3.13. I know you may have questions about the things that I've just talked about, and ordinarily I'd take a question session right now, but seriously, give me a call on the phone. I'd, I'd, I'd love to talk with you about any of this, okay? Hebrews 3.13 3, says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if we hold firmly to the end the confidence we had at first. And has, as has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Well, that's an a, a, a admonition that the Lord always gives to us to not harden our hearts. But I want to focus back in on encourage one another daily. Because when I think about mentors, I think about driving people where they need to go. I think about all of the things that we do as Christians for people. That's part of encouraging one another daily. Amen? The best definition I've ever heard for uh, encourage is to come alongside with strength. To come alongside with strength. And I've learned that Christians way down deep inside want to come alongside with folks who need help. And the reason that they do is they're following the teachings of Jesus. Amen? Uh, Jesus came alongside the woman at the well, right? And uh, he explained some things to her that totally changed her life. Jesus came alongside all of us when he came from glory to this earth. He did it so he could come alongside us, so he could come alongside the human race, so he could, could bring things with strength that we don't have. And the thing that keeps dawning on me is that people who are in need, that's what they don't have is strength. And a lot of times we think that maybe we don't have the strength that we could impart to someone else. But I'm here to tell you today that that is absolutely wrong. That is wrong thinking on our part if you think that. Uh, the widow who lost her son. Remember that? Jesus was walking along and a funeral comes by. And he looks at that uh, funeral procession. And he sees that the son is dead. He sees that this is a widow. And he has the strength to do what? Tell me. Raise that boy, that son from the dead. And so he used the strength that he had. And he went over and he raised that, that son from death and gave him back to her mom, his mom and then went on his way. He came alongside for just a little while. He just pulled up next to what was happening. And I believe that, that that's what the Lord would have us do. And you do it all during the day. You come alongside your children, you know, and you, you give them some strength that they don't have, like a roof over their head, for heaven's sakes. I mean, can you see a child that's four years old has a roof? Huh? No? Parents come alongside with the strength that they have, with what they have, and they share that. Yeah. Children are the poorest people on the planet. We know that, right? Right? Yeah. Wait till they're a teenager. You'll know that. You'll know that for sure, because, yeah, okay. I don't have any money. I need some money. Okay, all right. <laughs> Peter, when he denied his Lord, when he said, I don't even know him, he, he denied that he knew Jesus. And then Jesus, what does he do? Does he just 
kick Peter on down the road and say, well, you said you would, but you didn't. No, Jesus goes after his resurrection. He goes out and cooks breakfast, you know? He goes out and catches some fish, and he's got them there frying in the pan. I guess they were frying. Well, they'd be frying, of course. Frying in the pan, and when Peter comes from fishing all night, from not having caught anything, right? And Jesus speaks out, yells out, cast on the other side, cast on the other side. And they go and they catch all of these fish, man. And they even get them up into the boat this time. And Peter finally dawns on him and says, oh, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Jesus has decided to come back alongside me. And Jesus is giving me strength that he has that I don't have. I couldn't catch those fish. But Jesus came alongside with the power that he had, the strength that he had, and now I have a boat full of fish, and now I'm going to jump in the water, and I'm going to run up to talk with Jesus because I feel like he wants to because he just gave me all these fish, and I'm going to sit down with him and have some breakfast, and I'm going to hope that we can have a real good conversation. And at the end of it, he knows, he knows that God still loves him. He knows that Jesus still loves him. Folks, the, guy, the ones that are hurting out in the community that don't know Jesus, they will know that God loves them when we come up alongside them and give from the strength that we have into their life. And then when they say, why are you doing this? I try to wait about four months before I answer that question. I'm serious. I, I love the moment when I get to answer that question. Of course, they know I'm a Christian already. That's why we do what we do. But they keep expecting, especially our passengers, they keep expecting the other shoe to fall, you know. They keep expecting, you want me to do this, you want me to do that, or you won't keep giving me rides. And finally, I just tell them, you know, I was lost and undone. I didn't have any strength at all. I was a mess. My life was falling apart. And I called out one day to God. And I said, God, get the devil off my back. That's all I knew how to say at the time. I'd done so many drugs. And I drank so much for so long that it, I lost all of my theology. You know what I mean? I wasn't even thinking about that anymore. I was just living this daily drowning. Day by day, drowning, drowning. And finally I got to the bottom of my list, I will tell them. And I called out to God. And Jesus came two nights later into the privacy of my bedroom and set me free from my addictions he brought his strength alongside mine. And when he was finished with me, I was a new man. And it's the new man who's been giving you rides for the last four months. Whoop, look out for that one. <laughs> Just come alongside. Just take a little bit of the time that you've got and try to orchestrate it in such a way that we can come alongside people. And I've seen people, when I tell them that, they say, oh, I thought you always had it together. I thought it... I said, no, I was lost and undone. And if you are today, I know what it's like, and I know God can help you too. I know He will. And you know what? They believe it after I've helped them for four months. They believe it because I came alongside with the truck that I had. I used to come alongside with the van that I had. We got this really cool truck now. And I really, and now they have to pull up a little bit more to get in it, but, but that's good exercise, right? Right. So Jesus came alongside me, and I just wonder if Jesus has come alongside you. Has he come alongside one of your loved ones? 
Has he come alongside in the dark of the night when you woke up fearful and spoken his peace to you? Has he proclaimed that you're adopted into the kingdom of God? Has Jesus done that for you? Yes. Hallelujah. Let's just give him a praise for that, will you? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You might get to come alongside somebody like Debbie Cates. I'm not supposed to say her whole name. I'm supposed to say Debbie. Forget the last part. Forget. You will forget. Debbie. You may come alongside Debbie for just a little while who, who works at a local fast food place and wouldn't be able to work if it were not for moms. Her husband is a, a Vietnam veteran who was strongly affected by Agent Orange, and he takes medications now that he can, he has to gear his medications to where he can take her to work in the morning, but then he has to take the medication and he's not in shape the afternoon to go, you know, get her back home, but we do, and it's been a blessing to us to get to know Debbie, or maybe Peggy, who has uh, uh, asthma and, 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 and lung issues really badly. I mean, she can work, but she can't walk. And so we pick her up Monday through Friday, and we give her a ride to work and back. And she's able to work because of us. I hope you might get to meet Lily May. Oh, my goodness. Lily May is 92 years old. I'm sorry, that's Mr. Tom. Lily May is 96 years old. 96. Don't look a day over 95. I mean, <laughs> she doesn't look a day over 65. Robin's met her. She just springs about, you know. But Lily May's husband, who is also 90, he's a year older than her, is in uh, Heritage. Is that the name of it? NHC, the rehab place, the new rehab place. And he thought he would be there for like three or four weeks, but he just can't get his balance back enough, you know, to negotiate steps, and they have a house, a home over in Sunnyside that was built back in the 80s, and it's got steps in it, and there are things that it's hard for him to negotiate, so he, for the last two and a half months that we know of, has been at NHC, and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, she comes out of her house with like three bags, you know, just filled up with stuff and books and things like that, and a big smile on her little bitty face. She's probably about five foot one, something like that. Beautiful gray hair and just big, just big smile on her face. She said, excuse me, I'm moving a little slow today. And she pulls up in my truck. She does. She sets all her stuff up in it like that first. It's not that tall, but it's like, you know, up in it. And then she'll grab that thing. And I'm always ready to go around and help her up, but <clears throat> she hasn't <clears throat> needed that help. You may get to meet somebody like her. That You see, a lot of our passengers, they bless us more than we bless them. A lot of our passengers are believers. They're just going through a really tough time, you know. And we pray with them, and we share a bit of our life with them, and they share a lot of their life with us and their thanksgiving, you know, that we're able to help them out. So you might can meet somebody like Lily May. Lift a prayer for her. She's in... Uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico today, because when you're that old, one of the things that happens is your children may not outlive you, and uh, she has a son who's critically ill in Albuquerque, New Mexico, so we didn't see her this week, but if you lift a pray, prayer for her, <laughs> I wish you could meet Mr. Thomas. 
He, uh, I won't use some of the colorful language he uses. But he uses it in such a way that it's almost, what a friend of mine said is he's not cursing, he's swearing. And he doesn't do it a lot, but if it's something he feels strongly about, he'll put a D in front of it, you know, or something like that. And, and you just, he's 92, so whatever he wants to do, that's what he does, you know, in my mind. Uh, I, I do not rail against my elders. I've, I've learned it's not a good thing to do. But um, he worked, Mr. Tom, we've been taking him for cancer radiation treatments. Uh, and he had his last one Friday. And he went from looking like a 80-year-old man to looking like a 92-year-old man. Over the time that I gave him transportation. And I came to love him just like that. But it took me about five trips to where I got up enough moxie to bring up anything about Christianity. He had already told me that he went to, used to go to a missionary Baptist church, and now there just ain't no good churches anymore, you know, because they all talk about love, they ain't talking about hell like they used to. <laughs> 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 and I'm going, I like those churches. <laughs> but I waited a while so that I could come around and say it in a way that I felt like he would accept it. And he told me how finally he got saved when he was 15 years old. And it's not for me to judge where he is right now and the way that I look at it. Uh, he was raised in a time when this is a certain way you act when you're a Christian. You do things with integrity. You do them right. You take care of people. You know, and he's, he's tried to do that. He feels good with that. And... Uh, but he said that night, I wish I could tell you what he told. You think I ought to? Wow. Go easy on it. He's telling me how he got saved. And he said that preacher got up that night and he got talking about hell, you know, and scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm sorry I said it. <laughs> but but I'm, what I'm saying is there are people out there that are colorful and they're just wonderful and it's, it's fun to get to know them, and it's such an awesome thing to help them, just to help them. He told me when I dropped him off Friday, he said, Randy, I just want to thank you for what you've done for me. And uh, he said, now maybe I can get built back up here in a while, and I might need to go to the doctor. Maybe you can come by and take me to the doctor. I said, Mr. Thomas, I would be more than happy to do that. So that's, that's what you run into, and... And the mentoring, it's the same way. To see the light come on for somebody that, that didn't know a thing about budgeting. We had folks tell us, I didn't know you could even do this. I didn't know how much I made. I didn't know where it was going. And now I know where it's going. I feel like I can handle it. It's, it's just a peace. It brings a peace to me to know, you know, about my finances. Well, I'm going to pretty much close at that, except to tell you, I wrote it down on the way here because I wanted you to know that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Yeah, change that. Yes. I want you to say it. I want to hear you say it. Say, I, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things 
through Christ who gives me strength. 1 Peter 4.11 says, If anyone serves, let him do it with the strength the Lord provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. The Lord says if we wait on him, he will renew our strength. Amen. Yes, you have strength. And it doesn't matter that you feel weak when you think about things like this, because as Paul said, when I am weak, Christ is strong in me. So as you think and pray about these things and how you're going to launch yourself more out into the community to be helpful to people, to come alongside someone, then uh, just remember, grace comes when you need it. Yeah, we, we can't... We can't figure out what it's going to be like and say, well, I'm not sure I could do this. Blah, blah, blah. No, when you're right there and you're doing it, that's when the anointing comes from the Holy Spirit so that you can do what needs to be done. It's for us to make our feet go out there so that we'll put ourselves sometimes in an uncomfortable place so that God can use us and we can come alongside someone with the strength that God has given us. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for the strength that you give. I thank you for saving me, Lord. I thank you for drawing us all into your kingdom. I thank you that there is the kingdom of God, and I thank you that we are citizens of it. And I just praise you, Lord, for all that you've done in our lives and all that you're going to do, Lord. Please speak your will into the hearts of every listening ear here this morning. I don't want them to hear what I might think they should do because that's not for me to say. I want them to hear you speak into the hearts of every ear, Lord, that's attentive to you at this time. And you may speak, you're doing enough, you don't need to do more. You may speak, well, you might want to check that out and see what that looks like. You may speak any number of things, but what's important is that we hear you speak, that we hear you, Lord. And so open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, Open our ears, O oh Lord, that we may hear from you, and we will be happy with that. We will be joyful with that. For what is better than to hear from God and to know that the Lord is speaking to me? So move in our midst, O oh Lord, with your will and your desire, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.